0: Hello and welcome to the From the Touchline podcast. I'm Rev. Brad Kenny, Director of Soccer Chaplains United and the Volunteer Chaplain for the Colorado Rapids of Major League Soccer. Well, we're changing things up for the next few weeks as we celebrate and commemorate the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup taking place in Australia and New Zealand. We've got some different theme music and a little different format. Each week of the tournament, I'm going to read a different selection from our devotional book that we've just published. The devotional is entitled, Five Women You Meet in Faith and Football. You can find it on Amazon in paperback or in ebook format in the Kindle store. So sit back, we begin this week's reading next. Week four of the five women you meet in faith and football, and this week we meet Bathsheba. For a warm-up, we find Bathsheba's story in Second Samuel chapters 11 and 12, and then a little bit more in 1 Kings chapters 1 and 2. For today's reading, though, you can focus primarily on 2 Samuel chapter 11. Again, take a moment to pause the podcast and read the passage. You can read it on the YouVersion Bible app, uh, your own copy of the Bible, or even listen to it audibly, through Bible Gateway at BibleGateway.com. Checking out the Rondo portion of our daily trainer, while there aren't any specific notes for today's reading and devotional, I'm going to read an overall note on Bathsheba. Uh, Special notes overall. This reads, Bathsheba is a little different from the other women we've looked at thus far. While it's difficult to say with certainty, she's not known as a quote-unquote foreigner like Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth. However, because she married a foreigner, uh, Uriah the Hittite, she might have been looked down upon or thought of as, quote-unquote, less than for her mixed marriage. So that might give you a little bit of context into Bathsheba and some of the things she faced in her life. Okay, so in our field exercise, let me read the devotional reflection, subtitled Bathsheba the Beauty. Bathsheba is beautiful. The Hebrew translates her beauty as, quote-unquote, exceedingly. This should not be lost on us. Athletes in general, and footballers especially, may not see themselves as beautiful. Some may feel too muscular or that clothing doesn't fit well, or their feet and toes are ugly from miles of running, tackling, and more. In football, there are many stories of body shaming, stories of struggles with eating disorders in order to maintain performance or a quote-unquote ideal weight, and of course, stories of bodies being sexualized and idolized. Much of this is due to distorted views of self-image. As dad of four daughters, I know it's critically important to tell my daughters they are beautiful. And beauty goes beyond the body. Creativity, intelligence, and personality are all part of it. But there can still be a sense of awe and wonder, a holy reverence, if you will, for the physical body. You know, consider some things like athletic achievement, coordination, and the like. The design of the body, the way that it's connected and put together, the way it works. Another way I, or another thing I think we can have a sense of awe about is the way that it heals from injury. The body is amazing. Recent stories of sexual and emotional abuse in the women's game can make us shirk back and feel shame. We can feel powerless and afraid to affirm beauty. But there are ways to appreciate beauty with honor. First, as individuals, it's important to acknowledge beauty in ourselves and in others. We may not feel beautiful, but God has made us exceedingly beautiful. Secondly, football and society must take extra care to safeguard and preserve beauty. Dressing room access, rules for meetings and closed doors, standards for mixed gender settings, all of these things are things that need to be in our consideration. Finally, our faith must influence how we think of beauty. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 22 through 25 give us a great framework to further consider. And I want to encourage you to read that a little bit later, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 22 through 25. All right, let's get into the finishing drills for today and work through the reflection questions. Uh, reflection question number one, do you feel beautiful? Why or why not? The world has a broken view of beauty, especially human beauty. How might God describe your beauty? If you look at yourself through eyes of faith, what or how might you see differently than the world? Well, there, there's a lot there, and I'm wondering, why did I pick this reading for the podcast? And to be honest, I've really struggled at times with my self-image, especially as it pertains to my own body. As a kid growing up, I was the quote-unquote pudgy one. I cringe when I hear people describe a young, young boy, young man as husky, because that was used of me at different points. I also had eyeglasses growing up as a kid. The lenses were so thick, I could have started a fire in no time just by using the angle of the sun. As a teenager, I was severely teased by my peers uh, at school and at church. I remember not feeling very beautiful and struggling with all sorts of body and self-image kinds of thoughts and pain. Even today, you know, working and being around professional athletes, I can still sometimes get caught up in being disappointed or discouraged with my appearance or my body in comparison to them. You know, I'd like to think that I'm more mature these days, that I don't wrestle as much with these issues, but it can still be a source of temptation to get into that feeling of shame or becoming discouraged, depressed, and, and it, it just has this way of maintaining a warped sense of self-image for me. I do see myself, though, and some of the unique gifts and talents that I bring to the table. I, I know, too, that God loves and accepts me as I am. I, I also know I have an, a responsibility to steward my body. So I think in many ways I'm improving in this area, but certainly there's more work to be done, too. I I know that's true. Well, the next reflection question, C.S. Lewis once commented that beauty's ultimate design is to point us toward something or someone greater. So the question is, how has the beauty of nature, a person, or something else pointed your gaze upward? Okay, well, this is a little easier to answer, and I think I can sum it um, down in three things. The Rocky Mountains, the Pacific Ocean, and my wife. The mountains where I live in Denver are majestic and impressive. And sometimes I'll be driving in one part of town and they they just appear massive and and beautiful to me, snow-capped and, and et cetera. I also know this too, I'm an absolute beach bum. If I could afford California, I would pick up my family and work, everything that I go, I would go live in San Diego right off the coast. Uh, I just, I love it. Um, I, I think the mountains, the beach, the ocean... These things point me toward God, I think, because I appreciate the beauty exhibited by them, and I'm continually amazed and reflecting on them in light of God. Now, my wife would be embarrassed for me to share too much here, but there's a beauty to her internally and externally that often points me to God, and it's really because of the ways that she's different from me, and I often reflect and see, uh, and I'm thankful that God has put her in my life. Well, let's get into our cool down pray with me this prayer, if you will, a prayer for today. Lord God, you make all things beautiful in its time. Help me to see myself and others as you do. Help me to see myself beautifully and wonderfully made, chosen by you. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Just to remind you, Five Women You Meet in Faith and Football is available now through Amazon. We'd love it if you give the book and this podcast a rating and a review. Well, I hope you'll join us again next week. This is Rev Brad coming to you from the Touchline.